Welcome to The Proletarian Contrarian, the podcast where we reevaluate bad films through a leftist perspective. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And we have one of my friends here today for another uh, wonderful film to review. Or everyone, this is Jose. Hi, Jose. Hi, everyone. Hi. I'm glad we got to watch this horrible, <laughs> should have been directed, directed DVD. Did they even have DVDs in 2001? I don't know. Yeah, kind of the, the beginning yeah. of okay. DVD. <laughs> well, yeah, this... it, sh- it should never have been in theaters, but anyways, hi everyone, I'm Jose. We brought you on because um, you are probably the most knowledgeable person that I know for, for this topic, because <laughs> the movie that we're reviewing today is Behind Enemy Lines. <laughs> um, came out right after 9-11 in mm-hmm. 2001, mm-hmm. Um, kind of appropriate for when we're recording this podcast, just three days out from the from the date. Um, but yeah, Behind Enemy Lines uh, came out in 2001, directed by John Moore. Um, starring Owen Wilson, Gene Hackman, Gabriel Macht, uh, David Keith, Charles Malik Whitefield, Joachim D. Almedia, Alexander Krupa, and Vladimir Meshkov. Um, so yeah, this movie is straight up propaganda, right? It's, it's it is. It, it is. It. I mean, it. You know, we'll we'll get into it, but it is immediate post nine eleven military propaganda. Did this come out before or after? Um, Black Hawk Down. Do we remember? I want to say. I want to say after. Okay, so yeah, this after. So yeah. this was this was already kind of an established genre at this point, you know, post Cold yes. War Hollywood military movies. But yeah, I mean the, the, I I believe it was rushed to to release right after nine eleven. <laughs> it was yeah. It was yeah. supposed to come out, I believe in two thousand two even, <laughs> and then they just rushed it to production. Oh, and it sh- it shows. Sweet DOD money. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it, it it is straight up propaganda, but it because and we'll get into this, the 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 contours of the Yugoslav wars, it's a little weird because in this movie the the good guys, the Americans, are helping Muslims. And yes. so <laughs> yeah. So so that's weird, but yeah, it, other than that, other than that little crinkle, it is for the most part just straight up Hollywood military industrial complex propaganda. <laughs> Which is fun. I just did some of our patented um, live research here, and <laughs> apparently, Black Hawk Down actually came out a month after this movie. Damn! What? Um, oh, yeah, Jesus. almost almost exactly a month after. So I bet that one was rushed as well. It, oh, it yeah, might have oh, been. Sure. Yeah. Wow. People really just wanted to watch foreigners just get lit up by <laughs> yeah. helicopter gunships. Oh yeah. And in this one, time. they weren't like brown enough, so they had to yeah. go to Mogadishu <laughs> that's for why Black Hawk Down. Yep. That's why it right. didn't make three figures. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but this this movie was a box office smash. Um, it made ninety two million against the budget of forty million. Right. Right. Um, again, probably I, I can see just the Department of Defense just like giving them whatever they want for this production. <laughs> um, they they do film on the actual USS Carl Vinison. Um, and this is wild. I, I found this out while doing some of my <laughs> while reading about this movie. The USS Carl Vinison Vinson is the aircraft carrier from which Osama bin Laden's body was buried at sea. No. Yep. Yes. Wow! That's yes. Yeah. Incredible. That's where, that's where they. That's where they murked him and threw him to the fishes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Buried at sea in uh, in quotations for sure. Oh my god, <laughs> that's incredible. Which so like this this movie like literally the opening shot is um well we get some like planting trees in a death camp or whatever but like some of the opening shots are just like these zooming aerial shots of this of this actual battleship and um. 
Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's an that? aircraft carrier. That's aircraft. it's not a battleship, but not to be pedantic. But uh. <laughs> no, actually, no. We uh, uh, Nick, the era like, of the battleship ended in World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this isn't midway. Okay. <laughs> well, that's actually that actually raises a good point because um, a lot of like the operator uh, culture and attitude and like military mindedness that like this movie is just like wallowing in they are obsessed with terminology they're obsessed yep. with mm-hmm. with like oh, yeah. the specific like fetishistic level of like this is an ar ar doesn't stand for assault rifle it stands yeah. for blah, blah, blah. and like yeah we can get into that a little bit more and when we t- discuss like the impact of this movie but um but all of which is to say that this is a this is a movie on which about which we should be pedantic yes mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly um <laughs> I mean, we will i will <laughs> So this movie is about the Bosnian War, which Correct. Nick and I have really no framework for at all, uh, <laughs> but Jose does. Um, you want to talk a little bit about that, Jose? Yeah, th- this does go back into a little bit of my background. So, you know, like, I think any American boy can relate to growing up, any millennial, older millennial American boy can relate to just being subsumed by military propaganda all the time. And we, we all grew up, yep. most of us grew up playing Halo and Call of Duty and watching Black Hawk Down and Saving Private Ryan and all that good shit. And, you know, it, it if you want to pretend it doesn't have an effect on you, but it absolutely does. Um, I've pretty much been a leftist, a left-leaning my whole life that vacillated. You know, sometimes I was more of a lib, sometimes I was, like, far left, but... Now I'm back to far left, um, but <laughs> I think all, anyone listening to this and most of us are at this point. But um, yep. yeah, like that that has a hold on you. And you know, uh, originally my my family's from Panama, and um, I was born in here in Austin, where Nick and I met, we're friends. Um, but I was born like literally right after the invasion of Panama, 1989, and. Uh, which is a weird thing because obviously I'm I'm not for the military industrial complex and the U.S. imperialism, but it like sort of helped Panama. Like we've been a democracy ever since. It's really weird. So I, I've had this confusing relationship with American military in college. I was in the State Department. I I did an internship in Africa, and I, which was weird. And all my friends were like in the Marines there. It was it was fascinating. So I have a kind of nuanced view towards the military and stuff, but at the same time, I I hate U.S. imperialism and whatever, and the way that's tied to the Yugoslav Wars is that that's a very weird time in American foreign policy because it was right after the Berlin Wall fell, right? And the world, I guess, was just trying to find a new axiom, a new, I guess, like, what's the, what's the balance of power here? And, you know, the Soviet Union was gone, but Russia was still there, and they were still kind of, they were still a counterbalancing force to NATO. NATO's whole existence was a counterbalance to the Soviet Union. So right. if there's no Soviet Union, the question is, well, what is the purpose of NATO? So it was still around the, the Western military alliance. Which, you know, before we go into what we like about this movie, I will I will, I will be a little charitable and say at least it tried to kind of go into the, the complexities of that new relationship of. Well, the Americans being like, no, we got to go in on this. And the snooty Spanish admiral be like, no, like you can't do that. <laughs> I'm the UN guy yeah, here yeah. or whatever, the <laughs> NATO guy. Um, but yeah, so Yugoslavia, uh, the reason I know so much about it was I think it's because of that background I have, you know, having immigrant parents or whatever. And specifically, I have my first vivid memories 
of international news was Kosovo. I remember that well. Hmm. Um, I was very oh. young, but I think because my parents are immigrants, I always have been more interested in international politics, even at a very young age. Not to say I was an expert or servant or anything, but that that left an impression on me. Um, the the Yugoslav War. So ever since then, I've I've been reading a lot about it, and um, I'm gonna give your audience at the end some recommendations for actual stuff about the Yugoslav Wars they should check out. Yeah, oh, perfect. Um, but yeah, so to, I guess the most important things people need to understand when you're watching this movie, because this movie doesn't explain any of it, basically, was <laughs> no. with the dissolution of the, of the Soviet Union, basically all the communist states in the East collapsed, including Yugoslavia, which almost every analyst, every historian would agree that Tito's Yugoslavia was like, even if you're not a leftist or whatever, like almost everyone agrees like it was pretty good like it was a dictatorship it was, there was no political freedom but like the people were happy it was economically it was fine sarajevo the capital of uh, bosnia um, but not of yugoslavia had a winter olympics in 1984 and it was a big tourist area like right um it was it was a lovely place honestly um and so that that's what made the yugoslav wars even more insane to everyone in the international community because it just came out of nowhere seemingly and I think that's another thing that's intrigued me about it was these were it really was like a war of neighbor versus neighbor like you know you have Bosnia is the epicenter of it in Bosnia you had Roman Catholic Croats Muslim Bosnians and um, Eastern Orthodox Serbs Th- these are the three main people involved in all this and okay, uh, I'm not going to go into all the history so but it, this is all from centuries of, you know, religious uh, conflict and, you know, the Ottoman Empire came in and the Russians and then the Austro-Hungarians and stuff. That's why there's all these different religions and it's a very hilly terrain. So that's where the term balkanization comes from. Each little valley, you know, they might be Muslim and the next valley they might be Croat uh, Catholics and the next one they might be Serbian or whatever. But they all basically spoke a similar language and culturally were, were pretty similar but they all have different religions. And that's after the, the stabilizing force of the Soviet Union and communism and Tito died in the, I think, early to mid-80s. After that collapsed and they switched to this market economy, just almost immediately the ethnic, religious ethnic conflicts sprung up. And from my perspective as an outsider, and this is very controversial, I think the Serbs were the aggressors. There are war crimes committed on by all sides, but most of them were, were committed by Serbians, mostly against Muslim Bosnians, but also against uh, Croats, and it was it was a horrible clusterfuck. And and for the most part, the, the international community didn't know what to do. And eventually, NATO did step in, and for the most part, sided with the Bosnians. And um, yeah, we we bombed the shit out of the Serbs, but there were a lot of constraints to it, and. Um, that's what, you know, that's what the, I guess the main conflict in this movie is for the characters. They want to fuck shit up, which is a lot like yep. Jarhead. <laughs> all, all, so many, it's so funny. So many of the movies of, you know, the post-Cold War era, like the main conflict is the the guys you're rooting for. They want to fucking kill people. They're like, I can't kill people. And you're just like, I can't believe this is the conflict <laughs> oh, yeah. in this stupid movie. Um, I mean, it's 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 stated explicitly in the dialogue. Yeah. Owen Wilson's like, everyone wants to punch Nazis. And I just realized, like, the world isn't like that anymore. And, like, he doesn't say balkanization, but he alludes to balkanization, basically. Yeah. 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 And, and he's like, the world's just not like that anymore. And I'm I'm just going to take it easy. And I'm going to fill up my time. And, blah, blah, blah. 
And I'm like, that's good. I don't want to fucking die on a beach in Normandy. Yeah, dude. This is so stupid. <laughs> what the fuck is this movie? And, uh, but... Yeah, so, you know, I, I don't want to dive too deep into it, but that, that's the basic contours, which I don't... This movie... Before we recorded, I, I was talking to Nick and Lewis, I was like, as someone who has read too much about Yugoslavia, more than any normal person should, who's not directly involved with it, <laughs> I, am, I am curious, like, like, is it clear that in the movie the U.S. is helping Muslims? Like, like what? No, not really. No, I, what did you think the, was going the on? Thing, the only thing that's, that's really clear question. is, like, <laughs> this, go, going strictly off what this movie presents is this shit is a quagmire. There are many sides. Yes. And Owen Wilson's stuck in the middle of, like, of it all. Like, like, okay. that, like that's, I th- that's pretty much all that we're given, and, like, we care for our boys, basically. Okay. Yeah. I think the purpose of it was to be inscrutable. I think the way that they conveyed everything, it was just like, yeah, it's a quagmire. No one understands it, even though there obviously are people who understand it, academics and people on the ground. But you, American audience, should not have to understand it. All you have to understand is these guys are doing a genocide over here. Um, don't worry that they're killing Muslims. Yeah, yeah, we're about to do that in, in a few days. But these are, <laughs> are the good ones. I don't know. Like, And, and even, even, even the... Um the depiction of like Owen Wilson stumbling across the mass grave spoilers. Like the, the only relevance that that has upon the movie is like post hoc justification for them being there. Yes. Like I I still, I still don't know like what that was a mass grave of. Yeah. It it was, it was people. It was, yeah, it was Muslims. Um, yeah. The cartoonishly bad guy. So that, that was, again, I guess the movie didn't explain this well at all, but like in, in the Bosnian, like it was a strange conflict for like NATO in that they, they weren't allowed to like they signed all these treaties. It was such a weird war because it really was a, a fraternal communal conflict. So it wasn't like World War Two or like even Vietnam or anything where it's just like one side was just gonna fucking destroy the other one and annihilate them. It was like they were fighting, but then they'd have like their emissaries in Athens or whatever, uh, you know, uh, having a what's the term negotiating with each other. So it was like, it was really weird. Like they were killing each other, but at the same time they understood that like. There was a wider world outside of Yugoslavia, so they would like have to be careful where they went, and 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 part of that was like when NATO went in, like okay, we're gonna go in, but we signed this treaty with Serbia where we promised not to bomb that part, which we okay, that is Serbia, but we're trying to help the Bosnians, so we can't bomb that part, and that's where that's where Owen Wilson fucked up, and you're supposed to sympathize with him, but right, right, but yeah, because so, so, there were like no fly zones, right? right? Like they set up no fly zones, and so so what what the point of the movie was they were using these no-fly zones and they were going the the serbs were going against the, the treaty that they supposedly signed to genocide bosnians uh so they, they said they promised oh we won't be killing anyone behind these uh, no-fly zones but that's exactly what they're doing and owen wilson even though he broke the rules he caught them with his camera right yep. and, and that's why they were chasing him down so like yeah, from the moral framework of like, yeah, these guys were genociding him, and okay, yeah, Owen fucked up, uh, but he caught them committing genocide. That's worse, right, audience? And then it's yep. still just kind of like, yep, ah, it's so weird. I don't know how I feel about this, but a really quick note just for any audience members who do know nothing about the Bosnian War: it took place between ninety two and ninety five. Oh, so yeah. like we're, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking. That. <laughs> well, it's it's fine. I mean, you you gave us plenty of information i just learned more in like the past 10 minutes than i have like oh, on a sure. <laughs> yeah. in the past 10 years about that fucking region <laughs> well um, uh, I, I do want to quickly mention a funny anachronism that i noticed um when was britney spears first on the scene like when when did her first hit it was like 98 right earliest 
99. Before 2000. Owen Wilson mentions Britney Spears, and this movie takes place in 94 at the latest, or 93, I think. Whoa. Hmm. When does when does he mention Britney Spears? He mentioned I forget. I had the subtitles on, and he definitely mentions her. And I think it's, they were about to take off. Yeah, they were about to take oh, off. Oh no, that that's when he talks about. Oh, I want to be like a, a pilot for a rock star or whatever. No, no, no. That was another funny thing because I noted that too, where he he talks about he wants to like fly planes for uh, for pop stars because they keep dying, and I'm like. He mentions John Denver, but I'm like, everyone else he mentioned died in like the 50s yeah, when planes were so much so shittier. Strange. <laughs> I'm like, okay. we have like jet John airlines. Denver like didn't die in a plane crash, right? Isn't John Denver yeah, still he did, alive? Yeah, he did. He did. Oh he did. No, he died. He did. But, but oh, it was I like... I just thought he was still alive. <laughs> that, that was the only one that was like fairly recently contemporaneous to when he said that. He mentioned like Richie... He mentions uh, Richie Valens and yep. Buddy Holly, but oh, I think yep. that was like a prop mm-hmm. aircraft in oh, the 50s. Yeah, it's like, very it's, different, yeah. But anyways, yeah, it was. But no, he he. I specifically remember he mentioned something about like, oh, I want to hang out with Britney Spears or something. And it was the 2001 <laughs> audience would understand that, but if that was in 1994, people would be like, who the fuck is Britney Spears? <laughs> also, she was probably like 14 then, which is really gross to think of, like in that context, you know. Like, yeah, but her um, first video was which one? Uh, oops, I did it again. She's like a little schoolgirl, so we we all we're all guilty of that. <laughs> I'm 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 doing some live research here, and apparently Wikipedia says that her um her her years active begins in 1992, but that's probably like the Mickey Mouse Club stuff. Yeah, so I, I refuse know, I to imagine. believe that like some fighter pilot in Bosnia would have known who she was at that point. Right, exactly. Yeah, that'd be really strange, <laughs> unless like he had children of his own who were watching the Mickey Mouse Club, which he's obviously uh, a bachelor. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Really strange. I yeah. mean, you know, they, they they picked and choose what they like. You know, were very specific on. And as we yeah. said previously, it's military hardware is what they care about, not you yeah. know, like the uh, the chronology yeah. of any of this shit <laughs> or the, the morality. And like I, I you know, I, I'm not going to dive too deep into the history of Yugoslavia again. But the, the I think the weirdest thing, the thing we got to focus on is that this came immediately after 9/11, and uh, <laughs> it was so confusing. It was confusing for everyone, but you know, in. Yeah. In the real conflict, we, for the most part, helped Bosnians. And it was sort of basically, I don't believe in like humanitarian, military interventions. I don't think that's real. But as as far as that, that is a real thing, Yugoslavia, what, what NATO did in Yugoslavia, you could like argue. that was, Because really, we really were helping these people, Bosnian Muslims, who today, no chance we would have helped Muslims, right? Right. Um, but at the time, I guess there was like a there was a legitimate like whatever humanitarian reasoning for it. Again, I think mostly it was just to appease military contractors. They just needed someone to blow up, and eventually mm-hmm. we we found them in Iraq. <laughs> and, I, and as yeah, well, as Lewis was saying, especially as contrasted with Black Hawk Down, like they everyone's white in this movie. Yes. I mean, besides the besides the Marine captain, I guess, but he's American, so it, he doesn't count. But like, yes, yeah, like the that. I'm more and more I'm like believing that like they intentionally um, muddled the politics yes. any any geopolitical angle to this movie um genocide is bad that's like a very straightforward right. visceral shot and idea um death camps are bad killing civilians is bad and like that that's all you need to know and mm-hmm. 
Well, and we like, do meet some Muslims at the end, and the Muslim like commander guy points a gun in Owen Wilson's face, and he was like, "Book you Americans." So you know, even even there, we are yes. we are uh, given an introduction to Muslims who don't appreciate you know American interventionalism, uh, unless they like Ice Cube. Unless they like, I, yeah, we got to talk about <laughs> that guy. Oh my God, incredible. <laughs> um, we we do have a couple quotes here from um contemporaneous reviews who pretty pretty shockingly like most everyone picked up that this was propaganda like right away yeah that, that like, is shocking is, for immediate post 9 11 literally, literally a month two months after 9 11 yeah, that's pretty weird which it would that was like a powder keg um but yeah we have a quote here from <laughs> i guess to, to set the stage we have a quote here from armand white our, our boy Mr. White. Yeah, um, he did not it, understand that this was propaganda, or if he did, he liked that it was propaganda okay, before, for U.S. imperialism. <laughs> real quick, before we get into this, um, y'all are way more versed in film critic community and, and stuff, and like, are, he confuses the fuck out of me. As someone who's a little more just, uh, <laughs> like, what what is his deal exactly? I mean, like... Uh, he's just an arch reactionary. Is, is he? Is yeah. he? And a he, contrarian. He's, yeah. it, he's he's an arch reactionary contrarian. It, it, you take those two take take those two sensibilities, infuse them together, and you get a guy who like loves fashy imagery, but loves to to oppose everyone else in in promoting his fashy that imagery. Is so weird. Okay. Yeah. I also think like he has a problem with like actually paying attention to movies. Like I don't know if he has ADD or something, but like there are just some reviews yep. he's done where it's obvious he didn't watch this film, like or or didn't pay attention because like. Toy Story 3 is one of the big ones where he was like uh, yes. the bad guy the pig and it's like no the pig is the pig's on their side I don't know if the pig like meant to write the, the bear but it's it, the, the bear. pig is on their side yeah the, it's so I, yeah he th- that was the, that was the one that put him on the map the the, the dissenting Toy Story 3 he was like the first the professional one reviewer critic. who hated, yeah. yeah the first like the one who gave it a 99% as opposed to 100% and I think that was even before he started writing for the National Review because that's where you can find okay. his stuff now I don't know where he was at that point but yeah uh, he was in some, you know, more, uh, I guess you could say, mainstream, center, left, center, right publications at one time. But, okay, yeah, all right. I was just, just, I was just uh, curious because I'm, I'm just constantly like, valid. what is this guy's deal? <laughs> Very valid question. Um, but yeah, he, he has a quote here from the Max Payne movie, <laughs> um, also directed by John Moore. Also, also directed yeah. by John Moore. Um, he says, John Moore, a Peckinpah-esque neo Eisenstein stylist. That's so insulting. Deep whose grade B material behind enemy lines, the flood of the Phoenix, the omen has kept him from receiving the acclaim he deserves. Amazing. Peckinpah. Uh, are you serious? <laughs> Peckinpah and Eisenstein. Uh, so for those of you out there, Sam Peckinpah, who I think we discussed um, on our posse episode, uh, yes. Western director, uh, director of very um, violent genre films. And then of course, Sergei Eisenstein, the Russian director uh, who, uh, who directed man, men with a movie camera, um you know kind of invented just h- how you edit films um yeah yeah you know this is the, the, similar to a guy whose career got started making a game cube no, dreamcast commercial dreamcast commercial. dreamcast if you please uh, correct the record there dreamcast. sorry <laughs> sorry everyone <laughs> gamers gamers uh rise up yeah um you want to explain that one nick we'll get we'll get there we'll get there, <laughs> okay. we'll get there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we have another review here by uh, Bill Stamets from the Chicago Reader of the actual movie that we're reviewing today. Um, oh, apparently, 
Oh my god, he this was a dual review of this and the um that that movie Spy Games. Yeah. Um from also yeah, 2001. So yeah, it's the same year. Yeah, the the Stamets review is, is a dual review here. Um and Stamets writes, since the Twin Towers came down, some commentators have complained about America's overdependence on high altitude spy satellites in defunding in defunding of down and dirty intelligence gathering. The extraordinary technology of the Navy, the CIA, and the National Security Agency dovetails easily with the mise en scene of those sleek techno fetish actioners. Actioners. But in the end, both films turn on the Yankee ingenuity, as Redford uses the oldest tricks in the book to hoodwink his bosses, and the wily Wilson manages to elude the bloodthirsty Serb snipers and troops pursuing him by playing dead and switching uniforms. All you care about is your own damn pilots, says the glowering commander after Rygart breaks ranks with NATO. You may have saved the life of one man today, but you've risked the lives of thousands tomorrow. Both spy games and behind enemy lines are Hollywood fantasies in which a few bold individuals can trump the one-for-all calculus of, of global deals. Um, yeah, because that line was De- decent review. Wild. Because yeah, that, I mean, like the Spanish guy was right. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, the the, the NATO guy was right. He, like, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll get into why and in the insane like plot contrivances that happen. Um, once we once we dive into the movie, but um, but yeah, that that's that that idea that like oh like the 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 good old fashioned American ingenuity can like outwit the tech like the the nerds at the NSA, yep. um, is is crazy to me because like not only is that just kind of a Hollywood bullshit thing, but like the NSA that the NSA like is so clearly more competent at this shit and like so overwhelmingly present. I almost think that's kind of like this projected defense mechanism of like the average like military chud guy who's like, Oh, like we, we, we we're still like, it, it's like justification for like not programmers. Yeah. And it's fascinating because <laughs> it, it, there's this like inconsistency to that because I, I agree with that. And there, in, in one regard, there's that like, fucking eggheads like whatever you know yeah. which is which, which, there, there's that yeah that is a whole genre i mean that's like rambo that's the the more recent rambos that's like the whole confidence like you dumb humanitarians here in burma like oh you my think god you're gonna, you you're gonna fucking help people. it's like no i just have to oh, yeah, you just have to I fucking do. mow down these brown people that's how the world works so the, yeah. there's there's that duality the like fuck you egghead but then it's also like but we're also America, and we have the best tech. And we, in 1993, we have like heat-seeking satellites that can pick up individual people in a forest in Bosnia. Yep. And oh, I'm like, yeah, that's incredible. If we had that fucking technology, why, why was Osama bin Laden hidden for 10 years? Like, clearly, we don't have that technology. <laughs> like, that's not real. <laughs> especially he was hiding in a toilet <laughs> ab- aboard the USS Carvinson. <laughs> <laughs> but especially not in 1990. That that was. There's a lot of scenes in this movie that made me laugh. That was that was jaw on the floor i'm like are you kidding me it's not a bond movie shut the fuck up (laughs) yeah no that that scene is incredible and i definitely want to want to talk about that yeah um but yeah it's it's interesting so i found a few other reviews where they you know they didn't say this movie's propaganda although i did found i found one from 2006 someone must have rewatched it A, a, a reviewer actually used the word propaganda but most other reviews are just like oh, this movie is about military hardware and stuff, which is like, that's actually pretty good analysis of, of this film. Um, and then the other reviewers who didn't like the film, because it only has a 37% of Rotten Tomatoes, um, those reviewers kind of 
dislike the film because of more technical aspects of the film um they were like it's just a movie where owen wilson runs a lot um mm. so it, it's pretty interesting okay. how yeah. uh what people's justification for disliking this film was in 2001 that did that i i am actually surprised that enough people were turned off by the uh the fash fetishization of military because i mean we were we were young at that time but i'm sure y'all remember like that it was that was a crazy time in america and everyone's talking about it now mm-hmm. oh, uh yeah. everyone's yep. uh, reliving those moments kind of comparing them to and you know any lib who's like oh the trump era is the worst thing that's ever happened in human history in america it's like it's bad but do y'all remember the bush era like and yeah that was immediately after 9-11 like everyone was go team go like fucking rah rah military shit it was crazy so it, that is i am actually kind of surprised that enough critics were like the fuck is this <laughs> like well i think i think that that disparity between re- remembering the bush era versus remembering the trump era now or, or Living, evaluating actually, the, tru- the trump evaluating era. the trump era now remembering yesterday i guess um it, it just speaks to the the utter disparity of like the average american's conception of um domestic versus foreign issues um yeah. i mean we we kind of displayed it now like we i'm i'm not super knowledgeable but I, I i care about politics as much as i as much as i can to a normal degree like a normal person living a normal life but like i'm, I'm still extremely ignorant of the whole bosnian um conflicts and um I can only imagine like what someone who has no interest in geopolitics would would even think of that. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I all all, all of which is to say, like, I, I can kind of understand why people could imagine the Bush era as being more benign than, mm. than the Trump era, e- even even if it's absolutely wrong. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I actually this is my own personal life. Something I have to do is I have to like remove myself from what I feel my strong feeling. I'm like. All right, remember, Jose, not everyone knows, you know, the intricacies of the Kosovo conflict, so you need to keep that in mind. But, like, it, when you do spend all your time reading about this shit and watching YouTube videos about old, you know, newsreels and stuff, it it is pretty incredible, I guess, like, how how much, I guess, American myopia and ignorance, like, colors so much of our culture about this stuff, like... It's just I I would love I actually would like to sit down with a Bosnian and see what he thinks of this movie because it's just, oh my god I can only imagine yeah <laughs> like well you 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 could ask um the Pentagon's Hollywood liaison Paul Strobe what he thinks of the movie because he fucking loves it <laughs> oh Jesus yeah <laughs> oh, Phil, Phil Phil Strub, he he approved it officially Phil Strub, yeah he's a really interesting character in in Hollywood and and the Department of Defense um so I was aware of him probably around the time of the Transformer movies. Uh, he, he's been active since 1988, though, in, in Hollywood as the Department of Defense's entertainment liaison. But I, I remember specifically reading an article around 08, 09, when the first few Transformers films came out about his involvement and how basically he'll sign off on any kind of American military hardware if he can get, say, in the the script. Um I think he also had involvement in Zero Dark Thirty um, to bring it all back to Osama bin Laden. Uh, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's the fail son of this episode. Yeah. Jesus. So, uh, quick history of of uh, Phil Strub and just kind of this office of the entertainment liaison for the Department of Defense. Uh, he started out up. in public affairs for the Navy. Uh, he 
retired and went into civilian life for like a hot second to go to grad school at the University of Southern California for uh, a master's in cinema cinema production. Damn. Then back film to school, film film school fails. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like success then, I guess. <laughs> Dude, this is kind of like sort of analogous to Ronald Reagan's uh, career and life, I guess. I mean, like before he was interesting. He was a professional actor, but like during World War Two, he was. That's what he was. He was like a Hollywood liaison for the military. Like, he served in yep. the military as like a. Like it's actually kind of weird. I, again, I, I'm a nerd, so I like watching old newsreels from that era. And I, a lot of them, you listen, I'm like, man, this voice sounds familiar. And I'm like, oh shit, that's Ronald Reagan. He like narrates a bunch of like, I don't know, Damn. pilot training films and stuff. It's really yep. weird. And so yeah, I guess what's his name? Phil Strub. <laughs> I guess that's what he does now. I mean, so the the Hollywood office of the uh, or the Defense Department's um, Hollywood liaison office has existed forever, more or less. Um, so you know, maybe we should do some research, post episode research about uh, Ronald Reagan's position. In, in, in perhaps he had this exact position, um, but you know, have, it didn't start have. in 1988 when nope. Phil Strub took over. Um, and, and Phil Strub has now retired uh, last year, 2018. So for 30 years, this man consulted on thousands of films. IMDb has him listed for like 55 films and most of it is like a, a special thanks which is what you can find for behind enemy lines even it's just special thanks Phil Strub thank you for the USS Vinson uh, thank you for all these fighter jets thank <laughs> Wait, you for do, tanks do you get uh, billed is, is there some union thing do you get money for a special thanks billing like <laughs> that's a good question i don't know i think it's just a way of maybe the department of defense like scrubbing any kind of involvement he uh, has maybe okay um, yeah just just kind of like yeah. oh it's just an organic you know, we we didn't provide all of these weapons and stuff oh, oh here's a northrop grumman logo don't don't worry yes. about it just jesus <laughs> oh yeah yeah, I mean, he's probably he's probably just like on on retainer. Like, he probably just gets paid by the Department of Defense. Yeah. Well, yeah. Obviously, I don't think he gets paid by Hollywood. Um, but he is. Yeah, he's a Department of Defense, or he was a, an employee of the Department of Defense. Uh, but you know, it's it's not for us to know. That's the reality. That's why IMDb only has fifty five credits, is because we're not supposed to know how many films this man consulted on, what that consulting looks like, what he signs off on, yeah. you know, what how he approves of this. It's 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 not transparent. Um, it's going to be as opaque as as it is currently for us forever. Um, there's another guy in you know the the that office in that position now, um, and he's going to do the same thing, and then the next guy, and then the next guy, of, of course, until the world ends. But you know, um, it, it's funny too. It's so American that our version of Lenny Reifenstahl, like this is the output. This crap, like <laughs> fuck her, right? but <laughs> like fuck her, but at least like those those films she worked on were like, you know, like they made. You you could make the argument, and it is made that she made contributions to like cinema literacy, and she you, like you she could. advanced. I, 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 I think I think there is an argument to me, which is depressing, but it's history, and you can't really ignore it. But like, I think more more even just from the sense of like, you know, it was evil what she was working on, but at least there was like something to it. You know what I mean? I'm not do not audience do not take this yeah, that yeah, I am <laughs> signing off on any of this shit. But I guess I guess what I'm saying is like. Behind enemy lines is just so boring and stupid. Like, yeah. this is just yeah. such a yeah. dumb waste of time. Like, right. Well, ugh. look at the influence of Lenny Riefenstahl's films 
during that time period and look at the influence of behind enemy lines. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I there we go. Behind enemy yeah. lines actually had any influence on the culture. Nope. And maybe that's because 9-11 happened and that was taking, you know, the reins, of yeah. course. I don't think like more people signed up to be in the Navy because they saw behind enemy lines, which is something that happened with Top Gun, yeah. which is actually how they sold this film to, to production right. studios. They were like, we want to make the next Top Gun. Um, and they actually got a lot of the same people who did aerial photography for Top Gun for this film. Ooh, um, actually, I was, I was, I was gonna say that I actually one good thing I'll say about the movie is I actually thought the the scene where the F eighteen gets shot down by the Sam it was like pretty well done. Like, I was, yeah. I was like, ooh, yeah, it, yeah, it was. No, it was, it was ex- exciting yeah. and it it was well shot and everything. You, you could actually you could actually tell what's yeah, going exactly. on. Yeah, exactly. And I actually thought that was the best part of the movie. And actually, um. I, it was kind of refreshing because there were some like practical effects and stuff, and I was like, "Oh, I'm so tired of CGI shit." Like, for sure, oh, for, yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know that that scene I think is successful because um, the the appropriate use of that commercial slash music video filmmaking style. I mean, John Moore, as we mentioned, he made mm. these Dreamcast commercials. Uh, and then he was given this movie. He made one or two Dreamcast commercials. I know one of them is called Apocalypse, and it has like uh, it takes place in like Japan, basically like futuristic Japan. There's like yes. some woman doing some. Yeah, I, I don't remember it myself, but I, I found it. On that YouTube. one's yeah. That one, I'm I'm gonna have to watch it again just because I have like very strong formative memories of that commercial coming <laughs> out, and it's like oh the new, the new millennium's coming out, and this new this new cool system blah 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 and it's like it's like a countdown or something and she has to like yeah mm-hmm. she has to like rescue the dreamcast and deliver it to the the contact in time or something yep. it's just yep yeah so he directed damn, that sent um, back. he directed other commercials i'm not, I'm not sure what they are but th- this is where he, where he comes from um which is interesting because uh, that's where people like Tony Scott, who he's basically ripping off, which again is interesting because Tony Scott directed Spy Games um, the same year. Um, <laughs> oh God, you know, what that, a year! It's 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 his kind of it's his kind of filmmaking. <laughs> um, it's it's that very frenetic, kinetic, uh-huh. um, you know, quick cuts, um, sweeping shots in like you know one thousand frames per second. Uh, it's very it's very like bifurcated, right? Like there are these really incredible sweeping shots like you were saying like these big huge like long long distance shots of like just and you can just like just like drink in like the flashes of the of the background scenery that you see and then that's contrasted with like these half second like choppy close-up images of like guns being drawn and like and guns being shot and like people running and it, it's just it, it's it's like the exact opposite but they're like shoved in together it's very strange yeah yeah i, I mean it's it's where we are now even i think we've gotten a little better I, I don't think like the the influence of those kind of commercial music video type filmmakers um has as much of a hold on us right now uh, as it did like in in the aughts i mean that was like basically every director every yeah. cinematographer that's what they were doing and even if you look at uh, our blade episode like that's exactly what what the blade cinematography blade 3 cinematography is like um, and I think that guy came out of commercials that were music videos. So it's, um, thankfully, like, I think we've kind of slowed down on that kind of ridiculous kind of filmmaking. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, so is there, was there a reason for that? Like, uh, was that just a, do y'all have any answers for that? Like, was that just a cultural moment? Like, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's easier for one. It's easier to shoot 
confusing action scenes like you can just kind of cobble them together without having to like pl- like meticulously plan out the flow the flow of like real life action in front of the camera oh, that's a good point yeah I, I i don't know really i think it just again you know it's very it, it just workmanlike yeah I, I i i'm not really sure to some degree i mean the quick you know quick cuts and um uh, kind of more stylistic filmmaking do come out of like the 70s and 60s and you know as we said Sam Peckinpah that was kind of what he was famous more he had really quick sh- cuts um, you know he used slow motion fast motion um, he really changed up how action films and especially westerns were made um, and then I think it just kind of went off the rails um in the in the, in the ensuing de- decades um, but it, you know I wouldn't say it starts with him I think there's it's 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 a really weird continuity, but okay, so you, um, somewhere in there. You don't like this this style, right? Like, I am not a proponent of this style. <laughs> I really hate the majority of this kind of um, aughts commercial music video filmmaking. Um, Tony Scott, yep. I think, is one of the better um, you know versions of that, but I I don't know. I think because he made it his own, he made it his own so much. And was kind of one of the pioneers of it, at least in the eighties and nineties. I will say I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care for the freneticness of it, but I, I guess just like the cinematography aesthetic. I once the movie started, I was like, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of like GoldenEye, that kind of yeah, oh yeah, nineties. Sure, like yes. and I, yes. I was a little, I was like, oh, this is nice. I but then I was just, I don't know. After thirty minutes, I was so bored. Like, and and but. I, I I did I, I did like being transported back to like being nine years old again. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean yeah. It, it's it's super of its time. I I think like there are still some movies being made today that kind of have that that have that look, but um, no, it, it's it's very much particular of of the '90s and aughts, and like I I think it's going to be very distinctive in the years to, in like decades to come. People will recognize uh, that, that this type of cutting and editing, like for for the time period that it is, at, at least. At least, in, like from American cinema, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, if you look at like even uh, Indian cinema, like Bollywood stuff, you know, if you look at their action films or even Hong Kong, um, right? Yeah, it's it, it it's similar, but again, you know, they have their own flavor to it, um, and I think they also do it better and more interesting. Uh, yeah, but of course, <laughs> of course. I, I just just one final thing on this thing. I, I really think it does come down to like practicality and like in ease of shooting because like the most egregious example that everyone knows is um liam neeson climbing a fence and taken because like he, he's like a 60 year old man right and then like the shot he has to just hop a like hop a fence yeah. just, just like while he's chasing somebody and um I, I forget the exact count but there's literally like 15 cuts in the space of like four seconds or so of him hopping the fence, but clearly <laughs> oh, they yeah. just had to like shoot him. Yeah. They had to position him and shoot him in different positions yeah. on the there's fence so to like cut, show. There's so many good cuts of that on on YouTube. Like, there's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I I honestly think it just comes down to like practicality yeah. and ease and consideration okay. and just like getting this getting this product okay. out the door. Okay, so th- those are the technical aspects of the movie. Um, yeah, we can... should actually talk about the movie. Yeah, let's, let's talk yes. about the characters and stuff because and the actors because let's get behind plot and characterization lines here <laughs> oh my god owen wilson almost what he's, the he's hell what a miscast awful. i i mean it's 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 pretty apparent that everybody realized that i mean he's never in another action or 
Yeah, I don't think he's in another action film. I was going to say never in he another series. He was in Shanghai film, Noon. But yeah, I mean, Does he's, that, count, he's yeah. It, that doesn't count. No, it's like, yeah, 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 it's get the fuck out of here. He, <laughs> he, he 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 tries. I give him that. That I I will. He he when he like runs and hits the dirt and gets blown around and does the stunts like he he gives it his all but like he needs to be in a tragic or a comic role he can't do anything yeah, else right you yeah. know and everyone's razzing on krasinski right now for trying to turn into an action oh my which deservedly so i don't want to see jim yes. from the office taking down <laughs> president maduro <laughs> maduro but yes i buy that more than owen wilson being an action oh, star for holy sure. shit like yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah he Krasinski has like dumb jock yes, energy that exactly. Owen, Wilson, Owen Wilson is too like sad boy writing poetry in the back of the class. And it's so weird. Yeah. It's just so weird to hear his cadence, which I'm so used to like being just this smart ass. Yeah, like wow. Like, oh my god, I can't <laughs> wait to go bomb some Serbians. This is gonna be fun. Oh my god, and and his pilot is Gabriel Mock, who's the spirit. Yep. Oh yeah, the spirit. That is so spirit. weird. Yep. Oh, oh but oh, and yeah. by the way, like, so the audience hasn't figured this out, like. Owen Wilson. The, the whole plot of the movie basically is Owen Wilson and the Spirit want to blow shit up, but they can't because they are being ham. They are being hamstring. Red yeah. tape. NATO, NATO, NATO red tape. Is like, oh, yeah. you can't bomb this place or whatever. Like, oh man, this is so boring. I can't wait to get out of the Navy and like, <laughs> I just want to kill people. And in the. Uh... He wants he wants uh, his dad Gene Hackman, Papa Gene Hackman, um, Admiral Commander Gene Hackman to like to like lo- like like him and respect him. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so such weird. Which is funny because you also are introduced to his actual dad who yes. talks to him over the phone and then like even the later is sad. Yeah, I we're so Those, ridiculous. In in that dialogue, I I don't think like. Owen Wilson and the guy playing his dad ever actually met. I think it was like it was like very awkward and clearly <laughs> cut together dialogue. Oh, I mean, yeah, of course, that's I, hilarious. I, 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 I honestly, I honestly think that those segments might have been added in like post production. It's yeah. possible, like to very yeah. possible, like be, because like oh to drum up like oh we got to get people like to join the fucking war on terror. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't even think of like, that. His, his dad is yeah because his dad is shown in that scene where they have the conversation. And then when they another scene they tell him he's when captured. the well the yeah, army come to tell him he's yeah. captured and Owen Wilson's not there. And another scene. When he's watching Owen Wilson on TV, oh, and that's it. We don't, that. we don't even see them have like a reunion yeah, later true. on. No, <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, any, so an, film, anyways, yeah. Um, Wilson goes against his superiors, and he or he convinces his dumb pilot to fly over a no-fly zone. Yeah. Where? It, what, what's his What's his justification? He's like, "Oh, come on, we're at war. Like, we we gotta. What are you gonna play well, by he, the rules?" He sees something on the radar. He sees some movement on the radar. Right. Yeah, but right. like, it's still like the. His pilot's such an idiot. He 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 gives him the flume. He's like, let's just do it. And the pilot's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. Like, and and the, the movie acknowledges that they screw up and they should have been there. But like, I was just like, I, you idiot! Like, you flew over there. You you knew you weren't supposed to. And so yeah, he flies he flies over and they they do some recon reconnaissance photos and they do take photos of a genocidal uh, pit burial pit, which the the Serbs are mm-hmm. killing Bosnians and the Serbs are like. What the hell? There's a there's an American flying over, and they shoot them down with a Sam. And again, the only exciting scene in the movie, they get shot. They get shot down, and then his pilot gets executed on the ground because he's injured and he can't yep. run away like on Wilson. And that's the moment that's when I was like, "Wait, he got his pilot killed? Like, fuck him! I'm, why am I supposed to sympathize with him? Like, <laughs> he completely screwed up, and now his best friend and pilot is dead. Like, okay, so." So some more um, operator tier live action editing editing here or live action research here. Um, th- this movie is actually based on a true story, loosely yes. based on a true yes, event. Which I, um, yeah. You didn't know Scott, that. Oh, 
No, I, I did know that, but like just to, to get into it a little bit, uh, Scott O'Grady, who was shot down, um, and he did eject and land behind enemy lines, and he was escorted by Marines back to um, back to NATO NATO controlled territory. Right. Um, he la- he later went on to run for uh, Republican nomination in in Texas in 2012. Damn, I didn't um, know that part. Yeah, he lost. Yeah, but he he yeah he suspended his campaign, yeah. and, uh, and he also yeah. sued the production as well, and yes. they were settled out of court. Yeah. Whoa. yeah. There's there's two little details about that. He well, first of all, uh before he ran for office, he, he was like he was kind of involved in politics and he called John Kerry at he, he said he was treasonous during the Yeah amazing the the, the Swift Boat for Veterans Swift boat, Swift boat Oh and for I, veterans let, let me go quickly into that. That was another thing in my upbringing that like uh the the Swift boating thing, if the audience isn't too familiar with this, basically in two thousand four when John Kerry was running uh, against Bush re-election immediately after the Iraq War, um, it was basically like the precursor to the birther movement. They, um, this just evil Republican operatives, uh, basically just created these lies that John Kerry like lied about his service in Vietnam. Because John Kerry, famously, when he came back from the Vietnam War, he um, he testified. He yeah, he was a protester, and he testified in Congress about war crimes that he saw being committed. And so, like, obviously, right wing people never really forgot him for that. And again, I'm not saying the, I'm not down with the Vietnam War. I'm not, but just the the inconsistency of the right wing framework. Because okay, yes, you might not agree with his politics, but he did go to Vietnam and he did serve. And supposedly, like, that's honorable, right? But then they just made up these horrible allegations that he like. I don't know, abandoned his crew, whatever, which were completely unbiased and like, so for, so what I also read that detail that he said that, so the, the, the fact that the real life guy that this movie is based off, he went on to call John Kerry a, a traitor or whatever. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, Jesus that, that, Christ. That's, yeah. And, and, uh, and what's, what's especially crazy about that specifically with this movie, like this whole movie's justification for existing or justification for the actions of Burnett, the Owen Wilson character is that he uncovers war crimes. Right. So like, yeah. it, I mean, and that's supposedly what what actually like, I don't know. It, it's just wild that like the justification for this whole narrative existing is is wielded against yeah, John exactly. Kerry a few years later. Yeah. yeah, but then so I mean the the guy who's based on he hated this movie. Um, but then p- apparently one of the things one of the reasons he sued them was because Owen Wilson's character who's based off him like curses too much. Oh my god, that's incredible. Which is ridiculous. I okay. So in, when I was in high school. Um, it's weird. Like we had an alum who who served in the I think the Air Force and he flew F 16s I think uh, like Grady mm. in real life, which is a discrepancy because in real life he flew an F sixteen, which is one one person, so no one else died, unlike the movie. But anyways, um, right. we we actually toured this like Air Force base and we went to the like pilot uh, locker rooms and they had their call signs and they were so vulgar. And I remember, like, of course, yeah. and of so course, of for him to claim that is hilarious. I'm like, come on, you're killing people. Of course, you're going to be saying curse words. I like, could, <laughs> I could, I could see like some kind of like Christian conservative, That's what he is. like yeah. evangelical, like angling, like oh, you know, curse, blah, blah. whatever. Fuck yeah, him. Exactly. Um, and, yeah. He's a loser. I mean, excuse me, fr- frick, frick him. <laughs> um, but yeah, the whole plot of this movie—it's pretty simple, actually. Like after, after like yeah, geopolitics aside, so like it's, it's kind of really, really. That's why I was bored. Reductive and like, yeah, like it's way too long. This movie too. Yes. It's like hour it's, it's, forty-five. It should be maybe ninety minutes. I could even see it being an eighty-minute film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, 
once Owen Wilson is on the run and Gene Hackman is trying to locate him and like and, and like evade the 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 effet NATO commander and like trying to like real man get in, getting shit done. Who is who is some um, kind of un, the the effet NATO commander is some kind of unnamed Latin. I think he's Spanish because his name's something. Mm, or he, yeah, he could be I, French. He, I think you're. I think he's supposed to be French in the movie because his last name is like Piquet, P I Q U E T. So I think it's supposed to be French, which is perfect. Then you know for the. It could be the French, it could be uh, Portuguese or Italian because there's a famous Brazilian race car driver named Nelson Piquet. But anyways, okay. the actor Joaquim de Almeida is is Portuguese. Oh, is oh, he? Is he? Oh, okay. okay, the actor, yeah, the actor's yeah. Portuguese. He's a, he's a good actor. Uh, but, yeah, but again, he's still supposed to be the kind of more like you know cosmopolitan uh, European character. So we're supposed to hate him. <laughs> in in contrast to the uh, brusque and you know strong jaw gene hackman like <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah i also love when um when the nato guy brings in his nato forces and his, he's like we're gonna do the the ex- extraction now like they have their little like berets on and i feel like they made them like mm-hmm. even more colorful berets just to show like haha look they yes. wear funny hats oh, i forgot about the <laughs> we wear the real hats <laughs> yeah <laughs> when when they when they go to get um, when they go to get Owen Wilson and they have to turn back because yeah. they think he's dead, they prominently show their French patches <laughs> yeah, on yeah, their yeah. shoulders. And if you, because because those French assholes, they're cowards and they yep. turn back and they. Oh, I forgot about that. They, oh my god! Yeah. Incredible. They buy, they buy into fake news and they don't they don't look at the the boots on the ground in front of them. Yeah, this is why we called them Freedom Friends. Yep, this yep. is the exact reason. This is that hilarious anti-French sentiment at the time. That was bizarre. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, so after he, he gets shot down and then, then what happens? He just spends the rest of the movie. It's a good, like, two-thirds good two thirds of the movie is just him running through the woods oh, or running God. through, like, abandoned like industrial like, factories. Yeah. Yeah. So boring. Like, 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 not even exaggeration. That's much of the runtime. Yeah, runtime. yeah. No, and huh. it feels like a video game at times. Like, it's just... It felt, it felt like I was playing some knockoff Metal Gear Solid game where, like, some stealth yeah. game set in some unnamed Eastern European country. Two two things I think the movie did effectively, um, specifically in the scenes where he's running around. Um, it it depicts the terror of landmines very viscerally because yeah, landmi- land landmines are like horrible, cowardly weapons like weapons of imperialism and war. And um, e- even like it's something crazy like in, in the woods of like it's a, I think it's some fr- like some some forest in France like there's still like thousands of uncovered mines from like World War Two, like. Landmines are left behind after conflicts, and they kill innocent people. And um, that that was just running through my head, like when we saw like the, the there's like this shot of like children running through like a landmine. Right. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that was that was, mine, a, mine that was a decent scene movie. <laughs> that scene was insane though too. Like I couldn't, I like I could not believe that he survives that scene, and even yeah. just the way it's framed. So, um, like Nick said, there's like these kids, this this like this child and his father in this industrial wasteland who are like skipping over yeah, these yeah, trip wires. Yeah. Why are they there? First <laughs> of all, I guess like maybe to sal- like scavenge. scavenge yeah. Like whatever, salvage yeah. some, why would you some bring your scrap kid? metal. I know it's, 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 it's <laughs> an let insane them, like, play with I think trip wires. And also like, I think also just 
showing the child the only reason they do that is because there's like those echoes of children's voices before that in that yes scene. they and it was a creepy sound effect yeah. that's it and i think then they had to like justify that for audiences maybe because audiences couldn't piece together maybe it was like him hearing like you know the souls of those who departed in this area so they literally had does, to put a child in there <laughs> he does hear the soul of the spirit at one point who's like he's like chris get up Oh, Remember he's like resting that, right. and he hears yeah. Gabriel Max's voice. He's like Chris, yes. and he gets up and he runs away from the coolest character in the film. Yes. Um, yeah, but, but really, really, just really quick while we're on the kids thing, that's another thing I think this movie uh, somewhat effectively, um, again, despite itself, and it could have done a better job, but for what it is, I appreciated it. It did show like the how fucked up it is that child soldiers exist. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, that that they are roped into these yeah, conflicts that's true. and yeah, like that's fair. Ge- like swaths of generations of like of, of children like militarized zones are, are, are become killers yep. and become killed um it depicted that well through like the the scenes of like the the urban combat yep. that almost and falls into when he when he and he meets some kid that like he forms a weird bond with yeah yeah, yeah. ice cube ice, ice cube because he he loves yeah. um public enemy which yeah. okay i actually that, that was a funny scene and it's so weird but i actually um when I recommend actual Yugoslav War stuff, people should check out. There, there's a, a great book about it that I read, and there was there's a, a scene that really stuck with me, where this journalist was hanging out with some uh, Bosnians in Garajdi, which was being shelled, and he makes a bond with this guy because the guy loves like '60s American rock, and they start singing like uh, that's amazing. What's the clear the CCR um, Proud Mary? They start singing that together. Oh yeah, yeah. And so, to, 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 wow. yeah, so, yep. so that was a real story that happened in real life. So to see that, but with like Ice Cube or whatever, I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of fun. That's, that's kind of yeah. cute. And they're, in, and they're in the bed of a pickup truck being driven by like an Elvis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so that was weird. And I think they're, they're playing blasting a funny Holly song. I don't think that's Yeah, it's not song. Elvis. But so. Yeah. I think it's right, but Wanderer. He, he, but he look, yeah, he has an Elvis uh, Presley glasses on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is, is easy to mock, but it's, uh, you know, that's, I, I think that was a decent showing of like no not mocking it just it's weird or i know, yeah, I know you're weird, not it's mocking one of the better it, scenes like, in the movie yeah, honestly yeah really, i know you're not like, mocking it, it but people would you know yeah sure it, and that was interesting because it, it it showed the different generations of um yeah. of, of like the, the the eastern block how they interpret the like the fil- the american yeah. um popular culture that filters right, through which happens in real life so i, I yeah not bad <laughs> yeah but we we got to get into uh Main enemy number one sniper Nico Bellic. Hell yeah, Nico Bellic, oh, the the, the squ- squatting slav yeah. in, in tracksuit yeah. sniper. Talk about video games here. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, the main antagonist is a character named Sasha who wears a tracksuit. <laughs> um he has also like not slicked back hair but slicked forward hair. <laughs> yes, um, it's so um, good. He has he's always smoking a butt. He's always rifle. Uh, and he was the model for the main protagonist of grand theft auto 4 nico bellic was he actually was also yeah he was That's a fact okay. that character also Insane. is from the bosnian war yes. the, the conflict yep. and uh yeah he, i mean that's a big part of his uh the the storyline yep. he later discusses that with other characters and it's because i think it's yeah that's that it's a period piece as well that game i think it takes place in like the late 90s no early 2000s. i don't think so actually i think it takes Actually, I don't know about that. I think I think actually the game came out in like 2008 or whatever. I think it took place. It took place in 2008. Yeah, but it's just like he okay. was 10 years older than you know yeah. his soldier. I think version. okay. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
either way, yeah, I, I yeah, I'm looking at it now. He was indeed because he looked exactly like him. He, exactly like him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's so, I was just laughing so hard. What was and actually, Jose, what were what was that um, tattoo he had on his hand? He he mentioned that he was in a yeah. Camp. So I, I mentioned that um, all the sides committed war crimes. Um, but if you want to talk about scale, it's basically the Serbs were top dogs. They also had numbers on their side. There were more Serbs, so they could pull off more stuff like that. But I, I do believe the Bos, and so they all, in, including you know, uh, liquidating entire communities of civilians, they had really brutal concentration camps and POW camps, which was like straight from World War II stuff. Like you see photos of these mm. emaciated POWs and stuff, and I, I'm pretty sure all sides had them including the Bosnians. So I think um, there's a scene where uh, Owen Wilson almost gets captured by the Serbians and they think they kill him. But what he really did was he switches the uniforms of a dead Serb and that's how he escapes. And Nico Bellic, the Serbs celebrate like, hey, we killed him. But Nico Bellic's character is like, no, look, he has this tattoo and it's these two little dots on his hand. He's like, this is from this POW, a a Bosnian POW camp for Serbs like us. And one of the one of the other soldiers is like, how do you know? And he pulls out. He has the same tattoo, and so that's he's saying yeah, that yeah. I would I escaped from that same camp, and so did this guy. And right, no, the, we didn't kill Owen. Wilson. Yeah, so this this, this guy rocks. Cool. <laughs> yeah, <super cool. laughs> he survived the death survived a death camp. He he uh, likes video games. He wears tracksuits. <laughs> he talks on a cell phone. Um, Him and the other guy, uh, Bodza, the, his like commanding officer. They're always talking on cell yeah, phones. Were those cell, cool. were those cell phones or like uh, walkie talkies? Because the cell phones exist in nineteen ninety three. Yeah. Um, I think like Satellite really rudimentary versions. But these I, were like I would flip think phones. they would be bigger. Yeah, yeah. They, they were basically flip phones. I was surprised by that as well. I, maybe they just didn't want to like use the the brick, you know, those yeah. brick cell phones, and they were like, uh, you know what, audiences in two thousand one, they're they're kind of uh, used to these yeah. flip things. They're not going to think too much about the continuity, whatever. <laughs> and this is a movie already positing that we, the CIA, had the technology to track individual humans in real time. By satellite. Oh my god, yes. we yeah. We didn't even discuss the, the, the Northrop North Grumman oh like god. tech demo yes. commercial. Yeah. Incredible. The so Gene Hackman, he's like, I gotta cut through this red tape. The, these these ridiculous like these 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 women that are in charge of NATO don't won't, won't let me find my boys, and so he like goes into this secret like bunker room yeah he goes to the fucking on the aircraft like, carrier yeah the fucking bowels of this aircraft carrier into this dark room with like a smoke a guy just smoking just like the smoking <laughs> man from the x-files yeah in front of a screen that says northrop grumman yeah yeah well they break into the northrop grumman actually they break into that satellite right 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 they're like oh like we this isn't is technically yeah. legal sir <laughs> yeah. yeah it's and they do it and they and they find him and they confirm that he's alive and they confirm that he's still on the move um but then they get kicked out because even in like a backhanded way, it's like, see, Northrop Grumman, like we, we don't want like even the military hack into our stuff because yeah, we're so good at this bullshit. shit. <laughs> it was an amazing commercial for Northrop Grumman. <laughs> it really, really was. And it just primed us for the age of mass surveillance as well. It it's really just did, like, look, yeah. it can happen and it's good, actually. It's perfectly <laughs> fine. Yeah. We use it for good. Don't worry. We're only going to use it for good in the future. We're only going to use it to track our down boys in the forests of Bosnia, not to surveil every aspect of your entire existence (laughs) oh god (laughs) um yeah so i mean really not a lot happens outside of these kind of um plot beats um the end 
shootout, if you want to call it that. I, 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 I guess we, I guess we should mention that Gene Hackman uh, goes against uh, the NATO command. And, oh yeah, that's true. Um, that that's like the main, I guess, like uh, whatever moral decision anyone in this movie makes. Yeah. He's like, screw it. I might get sacked, but I'm going against NATO, and I'm gonna go rescue my boy because they told them to stand down. But yeah, yeah. Anyways, which yep. leads to the big shootout that's at the great. end. Yeah, in front of the ostentatiously set up uh, angel statue God, from the beginning. Yeah, which apparently um, they actually constructed and put there. I could tell it. It's it, not it, it looked pretty yeah. cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I wonder if the um, hammer and sickle one was real though, because there's that like destroyed hammer and sickle. Oh man, statue. I, that, right, was that, yeah. that scene reminded me of uh, that scene in the park in Golden Eye, and that yes. that, oh, that level. Yeah, yeah, game. yeah, yeah. That level, um, and, the, the and monument. it just made me want to yeah. play that game and not watch this stupid movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the um, the reason Owen Wilson goes back to this this angel statue near where he originally touched down is because he he has to activate the the Hoenn beacon in his ejected seat and collect uh the footage of the genocide. Yeah, the hard drive, G- giving post hoc justification to his to his act of aggression. Yeah. Yep. And then there's a, an enormous, ridiculous shootout. It's one of those things... Because Gene, Gene Hackman himself flies <laughs> so one of the helicopters stupid. to go save him. Yeah, he doesn't actually shoot the gun or but it, the it, missiles, but he flies it, yeah. Like, I don't know exactly how helicopter warfare works, but that scene where it's literally like a like a Napoleonic era, like two sides, because yeah. they don't have rifles yet, so it's just two <laughs> sides lined up against each other, just firing muskets right. at each other, but with helicopters and serves and tanks and they're just point blank firing at each other and somehow owen wilson never dies or even gets yep. hit we don't even see we don't even see any of the americans really die like one, one gets, gets shot. shot yeah that's it but like it's ambiguous as to whether oh or not God, he dies yeah. and they're only shooting their tanks at owen wilson they're not shooting <laughs> the missiles at the helicopters who you'd think you'd go for because they're shooting fucking missiles and using their turrets. it's a bigger t- target like <laughs> it's, right and they're it's not moving they're just sitting there <laughs> and it's just it's just wild because like in all in all all of these movies like like this type of like mid-aughts military like porn basically like you're used to implausible yeah, shootouts uh-huh. you're used to like the heroes surviving these these crazy these crazy odds and everything but this one was particularly bad because they show like 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 this whole troop of of serbs like come up and point their guns at Owen wilson and they start shooting at him but none of them hit him even by accident it's it, yeah, know. right, right. It's like, like we, we, we're we all primed to watch these shootouts and know that the good guy's never going to get hurt. But, like, I mean, come on. It's like, There's yeah, a there is a limit. Yeah. Like, it's an entire oh, yeah. wall of soldiers with automatic rifles just firing in one direction. Like, he's going to get hit at some point. Like, mm-hmm. there's just yeah. no way. Well, and he only gets shot before that. When him and Nico Bellic fight, he gets shot by him once oh, yeah. with a pistol. And that was really it. And before he stabs him with a flare. Oh, that was, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he has to. They they don't kill each other with guns. They actually do hand to hand combat because that's how fucking yep. cool the American military is. They will teach you how to take down a Serb with hand to hand combat with a fucking flare. I actually barely remember this because at that point I think I mentally checked out. I was just so bored. <laughs> I felt like I was watching a cutscene from this some like boring. bargain bin action game, like PS2 era. PS2 yeah. era, exactly. And, yeah. th- and then, uh, basically, yeah, he, I'm sure the audience is shocked to learn that they he does some dramatic jump from a cliff, and then they they catch him and fly off, and the the serves who are still alive are like, damn it! 
Yep. Yeah, they're like, damn it. They do shoot <laughs> one of their tank missiles through the heart of the angel statue, which I thought oh, was fucking yeah. hilarious. Because yes. <laughs> uh, previously we see the angel statue from just one side and it just, you know, it looks ethereal. And then you see down the other side that it had been like the face had been blown to bits. But now they also shot a bucking tank missile right through the heart. <laughs> that is the maximum amount of symbolism a movie like this is even capable of, like, on oh, any yeah. level. Yeah, for sure. You see... <laughs> You see, innocence once lost can never be regained. <laughs> and also, it so would just means... blow a perfect hole. Yeah, uh-huh. It, no, right? it wouldn't, I mean, it like, wouldn't like, blow it yeah, up. It wouldn't yeah, <laughs> this anti-armored you know, projectile wouldn't just completely explode this <laughs> fragile <laughs> statue. Nope, just a little hole. <laughs> yeah, and this, the, the movie wraps up. We get, like a little bit of text saying that Owen Wilson stays in the military because like, there, was, there was this minor attempt at, like, at characterization in the beginning because he wrote a letter of resignation right um, which is almost like uh Dason confused like remember how that was like the only like real plot point yeah, of that movie oh my was God, yeah. little, like right. i'm not gonna yep. sign this pledge coach it was but here it's the opposite here like um i'm gonna go my own way nope yeah it's gonna, the opposite up, it's the opposite <laughs> i'm gonna ideology. crumple this piece of paper up and throw it out the plane <laughs> or the, the helicopter here, I hope this falls in the lap of uh, my ice cube buddy that I that I pulled to get lost randomly. Oh my god! It, wait, the, but just that that whole the the where are they now thing was just so funny because yes, it's based on a true story, and I think most people going into it probably understood that. But th- this is not a real story; these aren't real right. characters. This is a fictionalized version. So of that. it was yeah. so weird, and like the only time that works is in like a movie like Animal House when it's making fun of that. But like, right? Yeah, I didn't care what happened to Gene Hackman's fake character, like. Right. Although I do, I do like when the when the little summation at the end for Gene Hackman's character. It's like um, he was relieved of his command. Blah blah blah. He he was reassigned to a quote unquote administrative administrative <laughs> job in Washington. Because like God forbid, like military men have to do anything that's not hands on. Like right. God forbid yeah. that like the, these men can't like do their duty. Blah blah blah. It, it's it was <laughs> the, the the scare quotes. The, the scare quotes were like the cherry on top. Yeah. Of it really was just like paperwork is gay. You don't want to do that. Yeah. Like yeah. that's just like the NATO guy. He's also gay. Like that really is just like it is like a heterosexual yeah. versus homosexual. Well, he, thing he's gay and he's, he's some kind of French, Spanish, Italian guy. So right. Yeah. Don't be him. Right. And I, 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 th- I think that adds the third side to the jocks versus nerds like Chud mindset because like the the nerds enable a lot of this stuff to happen, so they're okay as long as they're in the background. But the real enemies are like the politicians. Like, right. Like, like the idea. The idea of like administrative people or like the the mid level manager types are like yep. they're the real which problem. which even yeah. happens in higher quality movies of this era like Saving Private Ryan where the the mm-hmm. main everyone walking out of that movie does not hate the Nazis they hate the nerd the typist guy mm-hmm. who doesn't save his buddy from getting stabbed right which is, oh ultimately yep, the message of these movies yep. at that time yep. is don't be a nerd serve kill some people in Afghanistan like that's just do your goddamn duty. Like, yeah, we, we have to do the paperwork, but when push comes to shove, just do this shit because, like, we're, we got to do it. <laughs> yeah. and- yep. There's a really interesting article I found from a professor at Virginia Tech named Gerard Toll, who is a professor of government and international affairs. Um, he looked at this film through the lens of, like, the Jacksonian democracy, Jacksonian uh, traditions Damn. of diplomacy. Behind enemy lines? defined. 
Yeah, yeah, behind <laughs> enemy lines. Um, so there's another academic, Walter Russell Mead, who kind of defined what it meant to be Jacksonian. Um, and he writes a lot now about <laughs> Trump and Jackson. Um, but um, so in in Gerard Toll's uh, piece, which I'll, I'll link to in the show notes, both the uh, free ones and the Patreon ones, folks. Um, oh, yeah. You know, Jacksonian tradition is defined as uh, America's warrior culture and a tradition that emphasizes and celebrates American military power. So, I mean, again, that is really the thrust of this film. Yep. It's about unilateral military action. It's not about working. It's together for peace agreements. Um, it's it's not about, yeah, working with NATO and our allies. It is just like we fuck shit up. That is good, and we will justify it. Um, just by continually doing it. It doesn't matter. We don't need justification. We're just going to fuck shit up and that's perfectly fine. And what's so wild about this movie in particular is like, that is explicit in the text of this movie. Like, Uh, like that is said on screen. Exactly. Like, like, uh, like a, a lot more, I think movies of today, like movies that attempt to be more sophisticated and are somewhat more sophisticated in execution, at least, um, would, would leave that as subtext. But like they, they literally say like, the 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 gay french commander right he he literally says like you can save your one man and you will like condemn thousands to die because you're gonna like you're gonna harm the peace process and Gene Hapkins like well fuck yeah, it fuck it yeah doesn't matter yeah well it's interesting because so i read in that piece by gerard toll which is called the frustrations of geopolitics and the pleasure of war behind enemy lines and american geopolitical culture that uh, in test screenings of this film, there were a few other shots after the Gene Hackman walking away from the aircraft carrier, and those were at the UN, and they were specifically about the um, commander uh, Lokar, I think his name is, going to right. like to prison, prison, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they uh, cut that out and just relegated it to the text because audiences were like, no, fuck that, that's boring. I don't care about the Muslims. I care about the Americans and their story, their part of the narrative. Which is that's which is, wild. Yeah, I mean that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I, I do, yeah. I do need to add though. Um, I, I personally am not saying I'm like down with NATO and everything NATO does. I, like in this movie, the way the the moral framework of this movie, the way it's set up. Yep. Yep. NATO is clearly like they are more right than Gene Hackman and and Owen Wilson. Um, yeah. But, yeah. you know, it, it is kind of funny now that, like, in the Trump era, like, the value of these uh, military, uh, you know, alliances, are they're being questioned by, like, almost everyone. And, like, it, it is kind of weird. And, you know, I, I have my own feelings about it. It is what it is. But that doesn't matter to this movie because it, it, no. it doesn't have to be NATO. It can just – it's just any foreign egghead telling the Americans what they can and can't do is the problem. And that was the time. That was, I mean, we – I, I was I was young at the time of September 11th, the original, like the, the original <laughs> September 11th. But like, <laughs> oh, you mean the uh, Allende coup? Sorry. Yeah, I was about to say Allende. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, 1973. Was... What? <laughs> yeah. No, no. Like I when in in 2001, like I I was young, but like I I still remember like that 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 sentiment. Like it, the the jingoism was was very much a real thing, and like the the biggest protest at the time, the the anti the anti invasion. Um, I think it was in like August of 20. 2002 um it, it was the it was the anti um iraq invasion protest um it, it was the biggest protest at the time yeah. and the news didn't cover yeah. it it was like so they, they literally it was like the, yeah it was this little this little blackout and um 
they they kind of like down they they downplayed the size and everything but like yeah it, for all the flack so for all the flack social media gets it's a useful yeah. tool um for activists to some degree i mean yeah sure there's there's plenty of downsides it's subverting but, um, kind of just like the hegemony of you know corporate media like to a degree yeah to a degree <laughs> But to any anyone yeah, who agree. doesn't remember or is really young, any Zoomers listening to this, uh, that time post nine eleven really was crazy in America. Like, and it, it's really disheartening, and makes me kind of sad for the future. How much that was forgotten has been forgotten. Because really, if you, if you want to never forget something from nine eleven, it was a horrible tragedy. But like, really, what you don't want to forget was how quickly this country became like proto fascist, like overnight. We just signed away all our rights. And and just in light of this movie too, it's fascinating to see like a contemporary movie of the time looking at an event that happened a decade yep. prior and like recontextualizing it and politicizing it specifically in this jingoistic way. This 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 some this I would I would call it like a relatively cosmopolitan like crisis, like humanitarian crisis, but like casting it through the <laughs> lens of this is an American thing and we will contempt thousands of people to die to save one american soldier yep. oh i do yeah. i do want to say some a little piece of trivia for all you yugoslav warheads um they, they, the the serbs mentioned something or i think it was the bosnian or something they mentioned something like oh the, the cincinnati accords blah 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 and that was a, a play on the right. the actual uh bill clinton organized uh peace plan the, the main one that actually pretty much ended up playing a major role in, in winding down most of the conflict, which was the, the Dayton Accords. So just a little twist <laughs> by the writers. I know. I, <laughs> I was so strange because I was aware of the Dayton Accords and I was like, wait, why are they even changing the city in Ohio yeah. that this accord happened I, I think like, that's What just, the fuck is the point of that? I think that the, the point of that was because they wanted to set it in Bosnia, but they knew they, because it was like loosely based on this real story. Yeah. And they just, they couldn't like, one-to-one everything that happened in real life so yeah yeah it's, it's just so strange because like i get if you don't want to one-to-one everything with you know scott grady's life but then like the larger conflict like i, I don't know who would sue if you call it the date yeah the i know i, I don't, don't know. It, yeah it's but again it's just a like kind of just make it a more fic- fictional story that is you know john moore and um davis entertainments and and you know uh 20 centuries foxes i, I as opposed to you know actually being a real thing that happened, um, and, and and again like most Americans have no context for the Bosnian War. I mean, I, no one who was even involved in it, I think, really understood what happened. Um, which the characters in the movie say. To be fair, they're like, we don't right. I, we don't even know why we're here, and like, yeah, pretty much no one knew why they were there at the time, even, which is which is actual history. But yeah, you know, it, it's it was just an excuse to blow shit up for Hollywood. I mean, that's all it was. Oh yeah, by far. Uh, it is crazy though that they like started making this before nine eleven. Like, I just I wonder like why the fuck they wanted to make this movie in the first place. Besides Davis Entertainment just being like run by absolute psychos. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that supports my theory that the the conversations between Owen Wilson and his father were added in post. Um, yeah. During the, during that like that oh we're we're gonna push up the release of this movie to coincide yeah. with the recruitment recruitment drives and everything. Well, but, actually, um, I think this uh, points to the fact that Bush did nine eleven. <laughs> yes, <laughs> straight facts. They knew, but I mean, like the Hollywood I mean, liaison like people, told Hollywood, yes. he was like, "Listen, Bush is Scrub, gonna do nine 
So you got to fucking make this movie so we can have some critical support in the months afterwards. Boom. Done. Real conspiracy. Real time. <laughs> but like contemporary, like like relatively recent historical military events like is are, are great is great material for for this kind of schlock movies right mm-hmm. oh yeah like like because like at, at this point it was almost a decade removed so like hey people still have some kind of memory of this and it's still contemporary enough that we don't have to like make it a period piece yeah um, well and like we said they were also making black hawk down at the same time what i what i am curious now though um was were there any major changes that happened and you might have read this that post 9-11 where they like downplayed the fact that the bosnians are muslim like that's a good question. I think that's probably information we'll never know. It has to have happened. Something, though. yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure that's something like Phil Strub probably, you know, had something to do with. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's not for us to know. Thanks, <laughs> Dod. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I guess that is the bulk of the film. Pretty much, there's not um, much to it. Infinitely enough, we don't have very many workers no, of note we don't. because, like. <laughs> Yeah, like Gene Gene Hackman turned in like a serviceable performance, but he can do that shit with his eyes closed. So yeah, like, exactly. good good job for showing up, dude. I guess. Yeah. And again, I hate this kind of filmmaking, so I don't even want to say kudos to the cinematographer. Um, right. So all we have here is just uh, two individuals in the location department. Um, we have the location mm. manager, Zravko Madzarevic, uh, which I probably butchered that. Sorry. Uh, and then I have the location scout who is uncredited, and his name is Adam Silver. Uh, I wonder if like he's just some like Hollywood like fail son, someone's like cousin or nephew who they just like Maybe. sent out to like Eastern Europe, and they're just like find some place for this fucking film, this movie. His, his name is Adam Silver. <laughs> yeah, his name is Adam Silver. Phil Strub's nephew. <laughs> yeah, that's the same name as uh, the current commissioner of the NBA. So it's mm. the same person. <laughs> this is what he did before that. <laughs> The, the location was the locations were very pretty. Like it, it's like this beautiful like yeah, gray desolate was. landscape yeah. that's very like harsh and unforgiving, but very yeah. very pretty looking. Um, yeah, filmed in Slovakia. Apparently, it's not Bosnia. It's yeah. Slovakia mm-hmm. in the Carpathian Mountains. Pretty close though. Mm, this this film uh, this film was bankrolled by Melania Trump. No, no, dude, <laughs> no, 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 she's she, Slovenian, bro. She's Slovenian, yeah, which yeah, is a yeah, part that's, of that's a common, uh, which yeah. was a part of Yugoslavia. So, but I'm not. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not gonna get still into her, so, uh, but yeah, her I'm, family I'm a, still bankrolled it. It's fine. Yeah. I'm a cultural American cultural imperialist. <laughs> so they're all the same to me, apparently. <laughs> her dad's fairly yeah. wealthy, though. Wasn't he like a mayor of their town or something? Yeah. He was like he he was kind of like a mafioso big shot of her yeah little her little. Uh... So yeah, the 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 I guess the kind of story arc that she came here like you know rags to riches. This is not true. She's pretty comfortable in Slovenia, like. So yeah, uh, closing thoughts. What do we have, Lewis, for broke? Yeah, so our broke recommendation for all you failed children out there in need of direct-to-DVD fodder for the weekend. Um, this film has three sequels, folks. Uh, Behind Christ. Enemy Lines 2, Axis of Evil, which is anti-DPRK <laughs> propaganda. Uh, oh, Behind Enemy Lines Columbia, which is Ooh. anti-FARC propaganda, and that one's co-produced Damn. by WWE Studios, actually, because they have some what the yeah, hell? some wrestlers in there. I don't remember which oh, one. Yes. Um, and then oh, yes. the final sequel, which was done fairly recently, Seal Team Eight: Behind Enemy Lines, because um, the the last of these three all are from the perspective of different Seal teams, actually. Um, and uh, this one uh, from what I could tell like it's maybe just like anti-African propaganda it takes place in Africa (gasps) somewhere it has yellow cake 
Sorry. Yeah, it's <laughs> about yellow cake uranium. Oh yep. my god. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it <laughs> stars Tom Sizemore. So I just imagine they made this film because like he had to pay his legal fees because <laughs> he's an abusive piece of shit. Uh, fuck you, Tom yep. Sizemore. <laughs> yep. Wow. Uh, woke recommendation. Um, <laughs> this is this is the best I could come up with. Uh, anyone who needs some heretofore untapped images of squatting slavs um, in tracksuits for just some meme purposes, because there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of good imagery of that. Um, yeah, and like especially like he, he just runs around the entire movie like lugging this yeah. sniper rifle, um, smoking a smoking a cigarette. He he's a pretty cool guy. He he dual wields pistols at one point, yeah. which is pretty dope. <laughs> that's hilarious. He um, shoots. At, he, that's when he shoots at Owen Wilson when Owen Wilson screams after his friend is de- is killed after the spirit is killed. Yeah, after after he executes the spirit, um, Owen Wilson screams and then he whips out both guns. And my understanding cool. is that this film was actually way more graphically violent. Uh, it was it was filmed to be an R-rated film. So like when Gabriel mocked the spirit is killed there, there was like a gigantic blood spray apparently. Um, but they cut that down. Damn. Apparently, even the um, the the um, Bosnian mass grave, like there was like even more graphic shit, like basically making like you know kind of like George R. Romero type zombie shit. Uh, but they cut it all down for a PG thirteen rating. But they needed that PG thirteen rating so that the sixteen and seventeen year olds impressionable impressionable sixteen and seventeen year olds in the heartland could um, go on to recruiting offices <laughs> like very soon. Yeah, so that's why for sure. I you know it's 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 transparently evil bullshit. <laughs> and then uh, I, I guess I should kind of mention it. it. It does at least try to uh, in the most superficially way m- most superficial way possible to illustrate the like moral conundrums of these kind of uh, international military engagements or whatever uh, interventions for humane purposes or whatever. But it's so like, again, they give no, they give no real context. So you don't really understand what the, what's going on in the conflict. So I'm being extremely generous, but I'll I'll (laughs) say they do like try sort of to be like, it was complicated, you know? Kind of. Yeah. They, but but again, like it, it it's like post hoc yeah. justification because they they cross the demilitarized zone border of their own just just, just for shits and giggles. Literally yes. just for just for yeah. the hell I mean, of it. Yeah, he, he, yeah. On and, Christmas um, Day, because this is a Christmas. On Christmas movie. Day, yeah. <laughs> and and they just they happen to stumble across um the yes, mass exactly. grave. So like they True. Uh, yeah, like what they did was good, they uncovered it, but like it that wasn't the that wasn't the intent going right. in. Exactly. Um but yeah, bespoke recommendation for the the only person with any real knowledge of this of this okay, subject. Yeah, so um, there's a lot out there, but um, outside of like pure academic stuff, that if you want to take a class on this or something, I would just do that if you're in college or something. But um, one of the best works about the Yugoslav Wars that I read, nonfiction, it's by this journalist slash cartoonist named Joe Sacco. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. Yeah, yes, and he yes, does yes, incredible yes. work. He's uh, maybe perhaps best known for his work about the Palestine. Uh, I highly recommend those. He's he's written at least two books about Palestine. He's been to Palestine many times. Um, real cool guy. He's Maltese American, an actual cool Maltese American, huh. unlike Buttigieg. Mm. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I want to mention this real quickly. He so another aspect of like why I was uh, you know. Growing up, you're subsumed by this military propaganda. There's also, like, a type of guy, which I am too, that, like, maybe you're not, like, the most athletic guy or whatever, and you're kind of, like, drawn to war stories, and you end up, like, reading all about them, and you become kind of, like, 
I mean, there, there's like war history nerds, but then there's also like a particular kind where like you don't like it, you like don't want, you don't fantasize about it, but you, you end up like reading it because it's so fascinating. And Joe Sacco describes that perfectly in, uh, in a lot of his work, and he describes himself like that. And in in one scene uh, in in his book about Yugoslavia, he talks about like befriending this Bosnian guy who was also a similar type of guy, and they're like, oh yeah, you know, the raid on Fort Ibn Emil, which was like this famous World War II uh, paratrooper raid or whatever, and I just read that, and I'm like, that's hilarious. So he kind of comes at a, at a similar angle to me, um, but he, he he spent time, he was embedded in Garajdi in Bosnia, and like lived through this horrible siege of the Bosnian, uh, Bosnian Muslims by the Serbs, and he wrote a book called Safe Area Garajdi in the early 2000s about his time there. It's an illustrate. it's a graphic novel, but it's it's like a graphic novel of journalism because he lived through it. It's all real. Um, and it's it's fantastic. And he does a really, he, he interplays it with uh, what happened to him personally in Garajdi, but also with the centuries-long history of what led up to the conflict. And if you really want to learn more about it, I highly recommend it. It's, it's a pretty good primer for it all. But then if you want to head to YouTube, there's um, an excellent BBC documentary that's actually contemporaneous. Uh, it was made in 1995, but it does an incredible job of showing the uh, backstory. And it was, um, they interview almost every major figure on every side, all five sides of the conflict. Um, and it's called Death of Yugoslavia, BBC. Just look it up. Uh, all six parts are on YouTube and it's good quality and it's, it's just, it's good stuff. And then, um, there's also another one called, uh, The War in Mos- Mostar, which was, um, this was a separate part of the conflict. This was the, the Bosnians versus the Croats, which is a whole other ball game that I want to get into <laughs> because basically the Croats stabbed the Bosnians in the back. They were both fighting the Serbs and like halfway through the war, the Croats are like, Oh, you know what? I, we kind of want our own territory and they, they stab him in the back. And there's another great uh, video on, um, on YouTube called War and Mo- Mostar that talks about this beautiful bridge that was built there by the Ottomans 500 years ago that the Croats blew up. And it was a horrible cultural tragedy and just, it's gruesome and, it's uh it, it's really upsetting but i think it's kind of important to watch because you know it, it just whenever people talk about war and stuff they always forget about the the real people who suffer are just the ordinary everyday people who didn't ask for any of this crap and they just got shelled every day and it's, yeah the, this movie tries to show that a little but it, it fails miserably and then the 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 last thing maybe you, people might want to check out is um uh, a 30 ESPN 30 for 30 doc on um Vladi Divac and Drazen Petrovic, who were two uh, NBA Hall of Famers, and they were both on the Yugoslav national team before it broke up. Uh, Vladi was Serbian and uh, Drazen was Croat. And then, this was in the early 90s, and as the conflict split up, they were best friends. And as the conflict erupted, they became like mortal enemies, like on and off the court. Damn. And, and they're both Damn. really good. Uh, Vladi was a center, Drazen was a point guard, and they, uh, I think, uh, he, he was smaller though. And, uh, yeah, they just became, that's why it's called once brothers. It's an okay documentary. Honestly, there are better 30 for thirties out there, but it's, it's a good one in terms of illustrating really how personal and fraternal the conflict was. It really was between like neighbors and friends and stuff. That's what made it such an interesting, yeah. weird conflict. And, and I think it's actually interesting and, and people in America should study it more because, 
the conflicts that are happening in America now are so, you know, one-to-one. They're so personal. Like, it's not, this isn't the antebellum. It's not the North versus South. It's kind of just like the suburbs versus the inner cities. And it's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's atomized. Exactly. That's where the term balkanized comes from. It, it really, it's illustrative of how bad things can get at their worst. And, you know, and no, no one before, the, that's the curve, that's the, running theme throughout the whole Yugoslav wars is that almost everyone involved in it was like, we had no idea it could get this bad. Like, and sadly it can. So those are just a couple things. Uh, if you want to check them out, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's uh, an interesting, uh, point that we should underscore here that this too can happen here. I mean, you you hear that narrative of like, oh, we're headed for another civil war because like Trump's America is divided and everything. And it, it, there's more, there are more flashpoints going off every day than there have been in a long time um, here on in America. But um, but the, this country is such a fragmented, pieced together um, mishmash of different cultural um, orientations that like. It, it wouldn't be a North versus a South. It would be a balkanized yeah, free for all. fracture. Free for, yeah, free for all. Just the, God, you think that just the continental United States alone, like never mind, never mind Alaska, Hawaii and the territories or whatever. Um, there's, there's just so many different potential factions um, li- literally living next to each other on top of each other. Um, yeah, that's it's it's it's, it's a little it's alarmist to, to say that we're we're anything close to you know early '90s Yugoslavia, but it, it's just from the mat- the perspective of like here's a case study of this country that had these simmering tensions, but because of economic and political reasons were tamped down, and then these people who there was history, there was bad bad blood, most recently in World War II, um, but no one had could it really imagine anything in that scale. I and mean, I'm telling you, Sarajevo again, like I said, had an Olympics in 1984. Like it was a yep. beautiful place right. for people to visit, and then it just overnight became this hellscape. And I'm not saying that's going to happen in America. I hope it never does. But the lessons to be learned are like pretty important, and that's why I study it. And I think more people should. Yeah, and ostensibly that's the that's the main reason to study his, um, history. Just current events and, and events from antiquity, because drawing one-to-one comparisons between geopolitical nations is you, you can't do that, but you can get as close as, as possible and try exactly. to see, try to see, try to see warning signs, try to see conditions, try to see any kind of parallels that do exist. Yeah, so that is behind enemy lines. Um, thank you to Jose for bringing this uh, mess of a film, uh, you know, on our radar. Uh, I. I I always confuse this one and that movie with Jude Law that's about like World War Two. Uh, Enemy, Enemy at the, at the Gates. Gates. Yes, the yes, Gates. Yes. I always confuse Enemy them. Because the, yeah. <laughs> yep. it's snipers. And and it's, yeah, and it is snipers. So yeah, bad. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other Interesting. one. We will see you next week, folks. All right. Bye, y'all. Yeah, see you next time.
shirt and I show a rosy on my chest Cause I'm a wanderer 